The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast. And we're so glad you've taken time to join us this morning as we take just a few minutes on this Thursday, on this Wednesday, to look into the Word of God. All day I've been thinking it's Thursday. I think I'm waiting to get up and shovel snow, and my mind's been set on it. I, uh, all morning, been thinking, and every time I look into realize it is Wednesday, the more than likely, if the storm comes as they're predicting it, it kind of feels like a Thursday, since we'll, we probably won't be having services tonight. So my mind's been roaming all day since I woke up about it being Thursday. I don't know why I'm in a hurry for the weekend, but, uh, which is good, because I'm not ready for everything, but it's good to see you today and giving, us the, giving me the opportunity uh, to be part of your day, and I hope you're having a good day. I hope you keep safe out there in this storm. From what I understand, of course, the forecast could change yesterday, as of yesterday. Some rain and some ice tonight during the drive, the drive home, and then the snow will come in. Some more rain kind of maybe melting the snow will come in overnight. And as of this morning, I heard it could anywhere from three inches to 10 inches, which is lower than what I heard yesterday. And uh, with all, honestly, believe it or not, I'm actually kind of looking forward to the snow. We haven't had some in a while. I'm just looking forward to it. Not so much shoveling it, but um, my son's uh, working, trying to make some money shoveling snow in our neighborhood. So part of me as a dad wants him to be able to do that. So we hope that works. And just a great day to chill. Nothing great to get a fire going in the house with some hot chocolate and just be able to chill and relax. Not that we haven't had a lot of chilling and relaxing over the last few months, but so we hope you keep safe. Uh, if we can help you in any way during this time, if you need anything, uh, please feel free to call me. And if we can, I will, or I will have somebody reach out to you. Uh, today, we're going to jump into Luke 2 again as we evaluate another part of what most call the Christmas story we're calling the first coming of Jesus. And this is where the angels announce it to the shepherds. And so we're going to look down and we're going to evaluate why the shepherds and things of that nature. And interestingly enough, I was asked a question yesterday at the end um, of the devotional, someone sent me a text, and so I'm going to kind of throw that question out. Maybe, I admit I haven't done tons of research in a while. Years ago, I looked this up, uh, so there's a very good possibility that somebody watching or listening to this um, has more information on this question than I do. So here's the question. Is it possible that with the amount of angels that filled the sky over the, over the shepherds, other people saw it? Again, my one mention was there's nowhere in Scripture that states that anyone else saw it. And yet we do understand that um, with the star over the, and so we talked about the star, did other people see the star? We do know that others did with the wise men and, and other people saw it. We also know historically they've mentioned the star. So we understand that the, the star over where Jesus laid was seen by more than one person. But as far as we know, I don't know of any record of anybody but the shepherds seeing this huge chorus of angels, at least this, the, right, um, the brightness that would have come from it. So I encourage you, uh, if there's somebody, if something I'm missing, and you say, I actually know of history, you know of maybe a Bible reference where other people were able to see, um, oh boy, let me know, because I, as far as I don't know, it's a good question, and I really, I haven't studied a whole lot, but I'm curious, so if you know something, uh, send it my way, and I'd love to know about that. But today we're going to start in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. In verse 8 it says this, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, 
and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were so afraid. Well, I imagine they were. Uh, I'm going to guess that these shepherds were godly men, men that um, were faithful to God, understood the, the prophecies of the coming Messiah, maybe in their minds really excited about the coming Messiah. You'd say, Pastor, why would you get that conclusion? There's nothing in Scripture that says that. Well, here's my reasons for it. One, the angel went to people who, it was sent to people who I believe would follow. Number two, they immediately believed the angel and went to seek for Jesus and then went out and told people. Um, you're not going to necessarily get that reaction from skeptical people who didn't believe any of this was going to happen. So I get the opinion that these were men uh, in the heart ready for the Messiah, seeking the Messiah, even though it have been 400 years of silence, anticipating the day when the prophecies at the end of Malachi and all the other prophecies were going to come true. And uh, this day, this was happening, and so they were ready to go. And so uh, I'm going to look, first of all, who were these people? Uh, first of all, we see they were shepherds. Now, understand, shepherds was a very lowly job. We look at the idea of shepherd, you know, we see David was a shepherd, and other, you know, Moses, other people were shepherds. Um, and, and, and the wealth in the Bible days, a lot of it came from possessions. You know, we know that Lot, um, not Lot, Job, when he talked about his wealth, his wealth came from owning a lot of cattle and a lot of animals. And so we understand that um, the shepherds, it was an important job, but on, all, on many occasions, sometimes the shepherds owned it, sometimes they were hired by people. For instance, in the scenario of David, when David, remember when they were anointing the next king, Samuel's anointing the next king, and, and all these large military men came and stood before Samuel, and, da and God kept telling David, or Samuel, the man's not there. So they went out to the fields to get their little brother David, and, um, and, the, and then, but he was out with the sheep. And then later, when David stood in front of Eliab, his brother, and he says, where hast thou left those few sheep? He was mocking him. And what you understand it was, the position that David held to be, to watching the sheep was insignificant. It was the lowest of the family as he was the youngest of the family. So please understand that the position of shepherd uh, was lowly in the play. In fact, uh, from, what I, from what I've read, I understand, a lot of times shepherds wouldn't even go into town a lot because obviously they smelled. They were out in the field at this time with them. They would, you know, were surrounded by animals. They would smell. It was not... It was not a prestigious position. So I asked the question, why? Now, some people want to glorify and say, God's a great shepherd, he's going to shepherds, and, and there may be some truth behind that. Let me, let me tell you my opinion. I believe that God showed us something very unique by sending his angel to shepherds. When he could have sent them to the king, he could have sent them to wealthy people, I don't believe it comes down that God thinks that wealthy people are bad and poor people are good. I think all of this had to do with the heart of the people that, to whom the angel was sent. And I say that because these people responded immediately. They didn't jump in fear, and they went and told people. God knew the reaction that these shepherds would have to the information they had been given. And I believe that God came to them. I think God shows us that he's not a respecter of persons. It doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank. It doesn't matter your position at your job or position in culture. None of that matters. God came to everybody, to the lowliest of men, to the highest of men. And we see that because throughout the Old Testament scripture, God had used many wealthy men, high position men, and had bragged on them. So God has never really made a big deal about money. He, about your position, he always makes a point that money cannot be your God. You need to use it for God, and then God can bless you. But in this situation, he comes to the average person. 
which shows us that his coming was for everybody, not just for specific people. But these were ones that were recognized the moment. They understood what was coming and willing to accept the information. If you've ever tried to tell someone about Jesus, you're going to know that uh, the vast majority, at least the first time, immediately kind of nah, push off. And I understand why. I mean, you're talking about religion. There's a lot of lies out there. There's a lot of corruption in the area of religion. And so some people immediately, nah, I'm nervous about it. It can be confrontational, which we know makes it... A little more complicated for us to share. But I tell you, when you meet somebody that God has, through circumstances, prepared their heart, and you bring it up, immediately they're not always quick to get saved, but there's something you can tell. And it's, it's something when you meet someone like that, and when God comes in, it, 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 you can see God working in their heart. And that's what we're looking for. So we see the people that he went to. Well, let's talk about the truth of what announcement was given. In verse 10, the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring unto you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. So let's look at these verses and see just the, some of the basic things that we know about it. Um, it says, I'm bringing good tidings of great joy. He goes, which to be to all people. The information he was about to give him was not limited to the Jewish people, not limited to Israel. What was coming was to be to the entire world, which is what has been said many times throughout the New Testament, that for God's love the world, and God's not willing that any should perish, but to all come to repentance. This news was not just to the Jewish people, although it was to the Jewish people. It was a promised Messiah to Israel. But this was to be to all people. And then he talks about fulfilled prophecy, quoting Isaiah 9, 6. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And then he describes where they can find him in a manger, the humble birth, which they describe. Now, using this to people likely understanding the prophecies that were coming, what you see is you see in this that using history and using quoting something kind of validated them. And these men, my, my guess is men of God that knew the scripture, knew the Old Testament prophecies, would recognize not only the angel, but would recognize the truth of the angel. All of this validating to see God has spoken. So, you know, one of the things unique, the truth of this is simply that they use the Word of God to bring the announcement. And, and that's what we should hold our focus to is the Word of God. And we, and we see the great the great promises as a result of fulfilled prophecy, that God again fulfills his promises and his prophecy to these people. And he says, listen, go see. Now again, I think it's interesting that I look at the fact, as far as we know, you know, they didn't, not a lot of people heard about this. Um, he didn't go to other people. From what we know biblically, it's the only place they went to. You see, what's the point? I find it interesting that in all of this, at the birth of Messiah, he goes to a humble carpenter, not a wealthy man, a humble carpenter. Um, he goes to shepherds. Instead of glorifying and letting the entire world know when he could have done that, he goes to a group of people and he equips the group of people to go tell others, which is the pattern he's done. He went to the 12 apostles and the majority of them were, were not you know, overly wealthy, well-known you know, fishermen, things of that nature. And he used shall we say the least likely of people. And, and it's not, here's the key. God wants to use people usable. He wants to use people who it's not about their position, or I'm better than anyone else, or I can do this. God's, you know, glad to have me. It's, Lord, I, I don't have much, or I have a lot, but whatever I have is yours. It's the heart of the people that God's really trying to reach and trying to use. Uh, but let's look at this. It's interesting, verse 13, we see the army of angels. And suddenly there was with the one angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, 
Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The idea of the multitude of heavenly hosts gives the idea of a military-sized group. I mean, from one angel to hundreds, maybe thousands, can you imagine what it must have seen for these angels to look up and see the sky full of, of angels and just the, uh, the magnitude of the volume that would have been said and just the beauty of what they were able to see at this time and all the stories that must have come from this, how it just filled the sky. And it's interesting that throughout time we see the angels constantly, Old Testament, New Testament, throughout his life. And then when he comes, you know, when he went out and ascended to heaven, the angels have always been there as, as a messenger. And it's an interesting as you just see the supernatural realm again interfering at this time in history. And now interesting, people have asked, do you believe that they were singing or they were saying? And I read something today that said that the word praising, the phrase praising God meant musically. Um, and maybe it was praising God musically and saying, maybe there were two things. I will say this, um, as far as we can tell in Scripture, because um, we know that Lucifer was the, should we say, the music guy in heaven, we don't have any record of music in heaven since that. I don't know. We know music's important, but we often we see things like this saying. I don't think it's of great consequence whether they were singing or saying. We doesn't really we don't know. What we do know is they were praising God upon that mountain, upon that place. So verse and then the last thing we're gonna look at is then there was talking about this last verse where he says there was gonna be peace on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. I looked up something and I found a couple things interesting about this idea of peace. Something that we desire today but we understand is not readily available, at least humanly speaking. He offers peace to the earth, number one, by reconciling the world to God by his atonement. His atonement on the cross ultimately reconciles. As a sinner, I am separated from God. And his death upon the cross through atonement reconciles me, not from anything I can do because I can't earn it, but because he gives me a position of salvation. He brings me back to my creator, which is God, the one who loves me. And their plan brought it back so that I could have reconciliation to God. Uh, he brings peace by bringing the sinner to a state of peace with his maker. Um, really the idea that I can have peace with God because through this, so the world comes back in atonement, through atonement, then I have peace. Um, I can, as one man said, this induces me to lay down the weapons of my rebellion and submit my soul to God, giving him the peace which passes all understanding. Instead of fighting God, you know, the world is so against religion, against God, against that for uh, sometimes good reason because Satan's used religion uh, as a negative way, but we don't understand what it means to have peace with God and that which ultimately brings peace to the world. And, and this is one of the things that God wants to bring. Uh, the third thing they said is by diffusing in the heart um, universal goodwill to men, disposing men to lay aside their differences to love each other. One thing I mentioned a few episodes ago is it's important we understand that the love that God intends for us to show is different than the world's love because the world's love says, love me the way I want me want you to. Love me for this love. God says, I love you unconditionally. I don't even have to agree. We don't have to agree 100% to love each other. And that's something the world disagrees with. Remember, we, we don't, you know, the world creates the problem then creates a solution, but it's a pagan world that does not have God's interest at all. We need to go to the Bible and understand love is truth. Love is Bible, love is Jesus, and we need to make sure that we love as God loves unconditionally with the desire to bring people to Jesus, not just accepting where they are. But then there's a diffusing, the fourth one was by diffusing the principles of universal peace among nations. Ultimately, God's gonna bring peace to the world. It's not here yet, we know that, but it's ultimately gonna happen. This is one of the great promises that God brought 
when, the, when he came to the earth. And some of this obviously is in the process. Salvation and bringing sinners back to Jesus or back to God is in the process right now. The ultimate fulfillment of this peace is yet to be seen as Jesus will come back at the end of the tribulation and bring peace across the earth as he will rule and reign on the throne of David. And we still, as, as everyone, as a church, still look forward to that day. And he, 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 culture tells us that, could, that process could begin any day and, and what, what we see is prophecy coming. And so we hope that uh, this was an encouragement as we look at just the reminder of who God came to and the promises he gives as we continue to see all that's wrapped around the first coming of Jesus. Thank you for taking time on this Wednesday, I think I got it right that time, on this Wednesday to join us um, for the Source of Truth podcast and take a few minutes in God's Word. Uh, we're thankful for it. We'll let you know all the details about tonight um, as we are w watching the news to see if anything changes. We want to have church, but we want to be safe. And uh, so we'll let you know. We won't wait too long, probably one, two o'clock this afternoon. We'll place the announcement so you know far enough in advance how to plan for tonight. Thanks for joining us. We hope you have a great rest of the day, and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. God bless.